This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Amen. Well, God is so awesome. I want to talk to you today about freedom in Christ. Amen. You know, God wants us free. You know, I was thinking about the story of when uh, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Do you remember that story? And he, he, he told him to move the, the stone and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And he was bound up in grave clothes. And then, then Jesus said, he said to the, the people around, go let him free. Let him let loose his bonds. In other words, he had grave clothes on. I'm going to say this. When we get saved, we don't automatically get rid of all our problems. Sometimes we still have problems hanging on like grave clothes. And so, you know, we're not, I, I wish it was, you know, I wish, you know, and sometimes you hear these stories of these drug addicts that get saved and sometimes they're instantly delivered from drugs and that's awesome. But, uh, you know, sometimes it's a process to be set free. I, I like instantaneous freedom myself, but sometimes there's a process to be set free. And how many people are in a process of being more and more free in here? Amen. How many people don't have any problems? Okay. <laughs> Sometimes we do have problems. Luke 4.18. Let's just look at four, Luke 4.18. And this is Jesus. And Jesus is talking here. Actually, he goes into the temple. And this is one of his first messages after he came out through the wilderness um, uh, with the spirit, the power of the Lord on him. You know, he went through the wilderness and then he preached his first sermon. And in Luke 4.18, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel or the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So we see here Jesus' first teaching, and this was out of Isaiah 61. He, he, was, he, he came here to earth to set men free. Amen. Really, from the bondages of the evil one. The devil puts people uh, in bondage and, and we can be in bondage to a number of things. Amen. And so I like what it says in Acts 10, 38. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. How Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. So we see here that Jesus, you know, a lot of his his. Ministry was in deliverance, was setting people free. And, you know, I, I think sometimes um, we, we need to realize that there are some areas in our life. If there's areas in our life that we know that aren't pleasing to God, we need to be striving to be set free from those areas. Amen. Amen. We need to be moving forward. I'm going to say this. If you're going to be set free and you're going to walk in this abundant life, you're going to have to fight for your freedom. Can I say that again? You're going to have to fight for your freedom. You know, uh, America, you know, the Revolutionary War was a a fight, but thank God we won it. It it was an impossible fight. You know, we should not have won that that battle, you know, against Great Britain, one of the most powerful empires of of the world at that time. And but we won that that fight. We won our freedom. And I really believe because of divine providence, because God is with us in America. Amen. God bless America. And I'm going to say this. You're going to win your freedom because God is with you. 
And God's not looking at you in your mess. He's looking at what a message that you can become. You know, whatever mess that we may be in or whatever what we might be dealing with, God can turn our mess into a message. He can turn our tests into a testimony. So nothing's ever wasted when we're serving God. Not even our weaknesses are wasted. God can turn our weaknesses around. Amen. Can I get an amen there? Now, in Second Corinthians, let's look at this because this is a really good scripture on freedom. And it's 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 6. And um, it says here, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience, uh, we, we fulfill our obedience. Amen. And so here he's saying here that, that our fight uh, are, is not against flesh and blood. Amen. You know, we are in a spiritual fight. Glory to God. And, uh, you know, it says in Ephesians that we're, 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 we're coming up against spiritual. Uh, spiritual wickedness in high places. But thank God we have higher weapons. Thank God. And what, how the enemy works, he works through strongholds. And a lot of people don't understand what is a stronghold. A stronghold is a way of thinking that opposes the truth of God's word. Can I say that again? A stronghold is a way of thinking that opposes the truth of God's word. For instance, you know, you could be battling sickness this morning or you could be battling sickness this year. And the stronghold could be that that you're sick. And yes, that's a reality. But there's a higher truth and a higher reality that says by Jesus stripes, you are healed. So we, we can go with a natural truth. Now, I'm not saying discount the truth of uh, that you're fighting a disease or you're fighting something, but take on a higher truth. There's a higher truth that says, by Jesus stripes, you are healed. You call those things that be not as though they were. You, you speak what you're believing God to do in your life. Amen. And so there's a higher truth. So a stronghold is that we're focused more on the problems that we have in our life than the promises of God. And we need to be more focused. You know, get your binoculars out. <laughs> Focus on the word of God more. Man, you guys are a tough crowd this morning. <laughs> you need to be focused on the word of God more, pro- focused on the promises of God more than the problems that we encounter. Another definition of stronghold is, and this is a, a true definition taken out of the concordance, is a prisoner locked by deception. A stronghold. A prisoner. In other words, sometimes people are, are in, in, in an area of life where they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing. And, and they're locked in a deception, thinking what they're doing may be okay or that it's not going to have any consequences to it. And, but that is a deception. You know, Eve, you know, she had a stronghold of deception when, when the devil came to her and started talking to her about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he started talking to her about that tree. And, 
And uh, she and he and he asked her some questions about the tree. She said, we can't we can't eat it or touch it lest we die. And, and the devil just went ahead and just gave her a stronghold. A stronghold is a lie that opposes the truth of God's word. And the devil gave her a lie and said, you surely will not die if you eat of that tree. She bought into the lie. She believed that if she ate of the tree, she wouldn't die. But I'm going to say this, whenever we sow to the flesh, whenever we sow uh, to the flesh or we sow to the carnality, we're going to reap death in some area of our life. And sometimes we don't believe that. And sometimes we are in a place where we're doing some things that may not be right. And we're sort of excusing it because we haven't died yet. Hello. But see, Adam and Eve, they died spiritually and then they died physically. And, and, and that's the way it works because it's a process. And I, I, I'm so thankful that it is a process that we don't die immediately because God wants to give us time to repent. Remember, I talked about sowing seeds and the seeds that we sow today will be the harvest that we reap tomorrow. So I think God gives us time so we won't harvest the seed that we sow so we can repent, turn around, pull up bad seed and start planting good seed. You can plant good seed over bad seed. Amen. And you can you can have a crop failure in a bad harvest and you can have a good crop in planting a good harvest. Can I get an amen and oh me? So so let's talk about the negative the negativities of strongholds. And here's five of them. It, number one, a stronghold in our life, again, is something that's in our life that's opposing the word of God. And it's, it, it's a lie that we're believing over the truth of God's word. And so a stronghold steals our focus. In other words, it keeps us from focusing on the wrong, on the right things and keeps us focused on the lie or the wrong thing. So a stronghold um, that we may deal with at times, whatever it might be, it could be a fear of, of having a disease. It, it, it could be a fear of future. It could be fear of your whatever it could be. That thing is a dominant thought in your mind. And it causes you it causes us. Uh, is our focus to be stolen. In other words, to focus on, on God and doing the right things. In other words, we get unfocused. Number two, a stronghold, it causes us to feel controlled. In other words, we feel like we can never escape out of a stronghold. And I'm going to say this to you today. There's nothing too big for our God that he can't help you be set free of whatever you may be dealing with today. Whatever grave clothes might be hanging on to you today, you can be set free. Amen. A stronghold consumes our emotional energy. It makes us feel drained all the time. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? It can make us feel drained like we, we, we don't have any, any strength to do anything. Amen. Uh, it distracts us from our purpose. It keeps us from the mission of the kingdom. A stronghold in our lives is something that we're believing that's a lie and it's, it's robbing from us uh, what God wants us to do, what, what God wants us to do in our lives. A stronghold will rob us of, of abundant life. Again, a stronghold is something that's in our life that we're, uh, that we're subject to that is not pleasing to God. Can I get an Amen. So it will rob us of abundant life. 
And so we, I don't know about you, but I want to walk in abundant life. I, w- I, want to ha- I want to walk in the kingdom benefits. And I don't want anything in my life short-circuiting the peace of God in my life, the love of God in my life, the joy of God. Are you here? We can short-circuit these blessings. Boy, it's quiet in this church today. <laughs> Amen. We can short-circuit the blessings of God in our life. By, by errors, you know, a stronghold could be this. I don't really need to read my Bible. Oh, pastor. <laughs> I don't need to get in the word today. No, you need to read your Bible. Amen. <laughs> a stronghold, I got enough on the pastor's message. It's going gonna, it's gonna to do me good until next Sunday. No, you need the word of God. Yes. A stronghold might be a way of thinking. I don't need to read my Bible. You know, you need to study your Bible. A stronghold might think, well, I, I don't have any problems right now. I don't really need to pray. No, you need to be praying every day. Because I'm going to say this, you have a big target on you. And the devil is watching you because you are valuable in the kingdom of God. And each one of you are, are a high target for the devil. And the devil is an equal opportunity uh, 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 I don't know what to say, but equal opportunity destroyer. Amen. He's an equal. He wants to destroy everybody. The Bible says he goes, you know, he's looking, you know, like a lion. He's looking to see who he may devour. We you have a target on you, especially if you're serving God and you're trying to walk with God. You know, you're wondering why, you know, it seems like it was easier before I got. Sometimes you get saved and now you got more problems. You know, before it didn't seem like you had any problems. Well, because you were in the devil's kingdom then and you didn't worry about sin in your life. You didn't have any cares about sinning because that's what you did. That's what you were a part of that. But when you got into the kingdom of light, you started understanding there's some responsibility to walking in God. Amen. Amen. And we have to take that responsibility because, you know, the enemy's out here and he's out here to steal, kill and to destroy our lives. So you have to understand that the the devil, you know, the Bible says that God doesn't sleep, but I don't think the devil sleeps either. Amen. He's after us. He's after your peace. He's he's after your finances. He's he's after your relationships. He's after you. And he's trying to destroy us. But you know, I'm going to say this. He can't. Because if God be before you, it doesn't matter who's against you. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Now, in 2 Timothy, it says here, but in, a, in 2 Timothy 2, verses 20 through 22, it says, I give him some time to catch up. But in a great house, man, he's fast. In a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. So he's saying here, in a great house, you say a, a, a church, you know, in a great church, there's vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. And I'm going to say this, that, it, that, that we can be a vessel of honor or we can be a vessel of dishonor. And if you're a vessel of dishonor today, you can become a vessel of honor. But can I say this too? If you're a vessel of honor, you can become a vessel of dishonor. Amen. So it can work both ways. 
But what I love about this is, therefore, it, it gives us a solution here. Because I'm going to say this, if we have done some dishonoring things, we can go back to honor. Amen? It says, therefore, if, you, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor. Think about that. So, so what, what am I saying to you today? I'm saying today, to you today that, that, that you, can, you can go from a vessel of dishonor or being dishonorable in some areas of your life to becoming a vessel of honor by cleansing yourself. By allowing the word of God. The word of God is likened to water and it will cleanse us from the defilements of this world. You can get defiled by being in this world. You can get defiled by looking at the wrong things on TV. You can get defiled just by flipping the channels. Or you hear even the commercials that prepare you for, to, to get sick can defile, can defile you. Like it's flu time. It's time to take the shot. Take this medication. It prepares you. That can defile you. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so he says, we can be a vessel of honor. Say, I'm a vessel of honor. Sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. That means that God wants us to be prepared so he can work through us so that we can be a blessing to humanity. Amen. And then he says here, flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And then in 2 Timothy, dropping down to 26, it says, And they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been captive by him to do his will. So when we're in areas of, uh, of strongholds, it, the enemy, what he, he's doing, he's trying to control parts of our lives. Amen. And the devil should not control any part of your life. Amen. You should not allow the devil to, to, to you give the devil an inch. And how, how much is he going to take a mile? He, if you give the devil just a little crack in your door, he's going to try to run your house. You can't give him a crack. You can't give him anything because the devil will try to come in and he will try to destroy your life. I, I like the story about the the elephant in the in the zoo. You know, sometimes you see these elephants and they have this small rope. That's tied to their leg. And you're thinking that rope cannot hold an elephant. And normally it can't. But see, what they do is they train the elephant from when it's a baby elephant. And he has the same rope and it's tied to a stake. He can't, he can't break from that uh, when he's a baby elephant. And so when he grows up, he, he, he doesn't realize that he has become bigger and bigger and more stronger. That he could snap that rope like that. And so what happens is the trainer, what he does is he conditions the elephant to believe that he cannot move past that rope line. Are you hearing? He's being conditioned. And, and the same thing with us. The devil wants to condition some of us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? To make us think. Hello. To make us think that we're never going to get out of debt. Might as well just, might as well just give up on that. You know, that's charged credit card. It's an impossible task. No, you're coming out of debt. You've got to get serious about it. You've got to get serious about it. If, if you're going to have to fight to get out of debt. That disease that, or that thing that maybe allergies that come up every, every summer. No, that's ending in Jesus' name. 
You used to have allergies. Not anymore. You're not going to subject yourself to these things. No, you're going to confess the word of God and you're going to allow the word of God to transform you into a healthy person. You're not going to be conditioned. Some of us are conditioned. The devil's been hitting us and trying to keep us in a place and box us in and keep us from being free. And he wants to condition us. Amen. Are you hear what I'm saying? To our weaknesses. But you are not your weakness. A devil will try to make you think whatever your weakness is, that's part of you. That's not part of you. Amen. No, the kingdom of God is part of you. Amen. So, so a stronghold can, can, can make, make us afraid too. Sometimes strongholds puts us in fear, keeps us from doing what God wants us to do. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And sometimes you just need to step out into the water and whatever God is calling you to do, just face your fear and the death of fear will sure to come. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? You have to face those things that you don't want to do. Like maybe going to Bush Gardens and riding that roller coaster. No, I'm kidding. But you have to face those things. My daughter loves roller coasters. She loves rides. And I'm telling you, and I used to love you know, rides. And I don't like the ones that spin around, that make you sick. And, she, and we were at, the, we were at the, um, uh, uh, the, the fair over at Mount Trashmore. And she wanted to ride that ride that spun. And I sure didn't want to do it, but I didn't want to be a wimp either. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, you know dad's, dad's powerful. Dad, dad doesn't back down from anything. You know what I'm talking about? And when your daughter say, let's go on that ride. I'm saying, that ride. Are you sure about that? A little sweat dripping off me. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? I don't want to go on that ride. You know, and it's one of those rides that like the apple turnover. It just turns your stomach over. Anybody ever been on those rides? Anybody know what I'm talking about here? But I can't be a wimp with my daughter. And it was like the last ride of the night. And I got in that ride. And I'm telling you, I, whoo, glory to God. I was closing my eyes. She didn't, she didn't realize, but I was closing my eyes. <laughs> Trying to keep that spinning, you know, because it, it throws your equilibrium off. And you, know, you close your, anybody do what I do, close your eyes. You do that. Why? Because you don't want to feel the, 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 your stomach turning all around. Terrible. And we both got off that right. And, da- and you know what she said to me? Daddy, I feel sick. And I said, so do I, baby. So do I. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> what, what am I saying, man? Sometimes you're going to have to cross over your fears. Even if you feel sick, press through and you'll have the glory of the ride of your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So what we're talking about here, we're we're talking about that God can set you free of any stronghold this morning and he can set you free of fear and the enemy will keep trying to attack you in whatever area you're in. You know, the the, the devil is persistent. He doesn't give up. You you might win the victory for a little bit of time, but he's going to come back around when we have a weak moment. That's why we need other believers around us. That's why we need people praying with us. Are you hear what I'm saying to you? That's why you need a good church and a good pastor praying over you. Amen. Because the devil, you may get some freedom. Anybody ever have freedom for a short period of time and then the enemy comes back? And he'll come back when you have a weak moment. You, you, you think, man, I got this love walk down. I've been walking in love towards my family. I haven't cursed or anything. And all of a sudden something happens and you start dropping it. 
the F-bombs. And you, and you were good for three days. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You were good. You were, but no, the enemy comes in and he's going to press your buttons. He knows how to press. You know, the devil knows you. He probably knows you better than your spouse knows you. Because why? He watches you all the time. And he watches you and he strategizes and he figures out a way to try to come in. And you could be doing everything right, but he's going to try to come in and get you off track. Amen. So the devil wants to destroy you, but God wants you living the high life. Amen. In, in the story of David and Goliath, which is a, a story I talk about a lot. I love this story. Uh, it reveals how the devil will try to instill fear and make us think that the opposition that's against us is more powerful than God that is before us. And in 1 Samuel 17, uh, verses 4 and 11, I'll read this. It says, and a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubics in a span. He had a bronze helmet his head and he, on his head, and he uh, was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of that coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. He had a bronze armor on his legs and bronze javelin between his shoulders. Uh, now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his iron spearhead weighed 600 shackles. And, a shield bearer bef- and he had a shield bearer before it went before him. Then he stood out, cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, why have you come out to line up for battle? I am not a Philistine. Uh, am I not a Philistine? And you, the servants of Saul, choose a man for yourself and let him come down to me if he is able. And I'll fight with um, if he is able fight with me and kill me. Then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. And so this is what happened. They were in two, you know, there was a valley. The Israelites were on one mountain. The Philistines was on another mountain. And, and there was uh, Goliath down in the valley, taunting the armies of God. And he would say every day, every morning and every night, he would start yelling at them and saying, is there a man among you that can fight with me? Is there a man? And, and he, would, he would say, you know, he would defy the armies of God. And he would say this every day. And what happened, it, it, it put fear and intimidation on the inside of the Israelites. There was not one man that was willing to fight Goliath. Why? Because it was 40 days of this taunting. The devil will keep at you and he'll keep trying to draw you in and he'll keep trying to taunt you and he'll keep hitting. But listen, you can overcome that. You have the anointing to overcome that. David was anointed by by the prophet and he came up. He was just a boy. I'm going to say this. Goliath really wasn't that big and bad. He was, but he wasn't. Not to God. He wasn't that big. He looked bad. He looked like he could whip anybody. But, you know, God was able to use somebody like David, somebody that wasn't trained as a warrior, but somebody that was a youth that should not have won the battle. But you know what? David was anointed. 
David said this, you know, when the Goliath started chanting at him and said, I'm going to feed your body to the birds. David said, no, I'm going to feed your body to birds and I'm going to take your head off. Amen. And so David had the anointing on him and he said, the battle's the Lord's. I'm going to say this. The battle, you may feel like you're fighting a battle today, but the battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. Give the battle to God. And the victory's ours. God is on your side. You are anointed of God to tell the devil where to go. You are anointed of God to tell that sickness where to go. So, so Goliath, you know, he looked powerful and he sounded powerful, but David took him down. Amen. So we need to realize this, that God is bigger than our problems that we face. Let's look at a process of being set free quickly. In Luke eleven twenty one and 22, this is the message version. It says, when a strong man armed to the teeth, stands guard in his front yard. His property is safe and sound. But what if a stronger man comes along with superior weapons? Then he is beaten at his own game. The arsenal that gave him such confidence hauled off and his precious possessions plundered. So what is he saying here? What, what Jesus is saying this, he's, he's talking about spiritual warfare here. And he's saying that, that the devil is likened to a strong man. And sometimes the problems in our life can be likened to a very strong man. But I'm going to say there's a stronger man. And Jesus is the stronger man. And Jesus is able to... See, the devil, see the devil, how he operates is he will try to operate. You know, he, listen, the devil got mad the day you and angry the day that you received Christ. And you may have had some wrong spirits that were in your body or in your soul. And you got Christ and you started filling yourself with the word and they left. But they're coming back. They're going to try to come back. And they believe these spirits that drive us at times or cause us to have fear. What they believe that the house that they were in is their house. You know, devils believe that, 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 that it's their house. Say it's God's house. And so they will try to come back. But what we have to understand is that we can bind that strong man because we have a stronger man, Jesus, standing in the gap for us. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? You take authority and bind the strong man. Whatever is hindering your life, you take authority and bind him and you lose the power of God in your lives. Can I get an amen? And some, some may say, well, you don't know my problem, pastor. You don't know how long I've been dealing with my problem. You don't know what I've been dealing with. Yeah, I may not know that, but, but Jesus knows what you're dealing with. And Jesus can set you free. And, and in Luke 8, 26 through 39, this is, uh, this is a story about the uh, uh, demoniac. Uh, and this is Jesus. He went to deliver a demoniac. Uh, this guy had uh, lots of spirits in him. And this man was, uh, ran around. And of course, Jesus got to this island and, uh, and man, the madman of Gadara. And this man would run around naked. And, he, and they tried to 
you know, uh, chain them down. He would break it and he would run around and he would be cutting himself. And, and cutting is a form of, of oppression. The enemy works on teenagers to cut themselves. And so this man had all kinds of problems. But you know what? When Jesus got there, this man came to him and bowed down. I believe that was part of that man that wanted delivered. No matter how many demons and this 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 man had so many demons in him. He had a legion of demons. I'm telling you, it was the worst case of a person being demonized in in the Bible. And you would think what with a legion of demons, man, that's pretty powerful. Jesus is more powerful. Yeah, the man had a legion of, of demons, but, but Jesus is more powerful. Amen. And this man is probably the worst case scenario that you could see of a person being demonized. And so Jesus just spoke the word and commanded those demons uh, to come out of that man. Of course, they went into some pigs and the pigs didn't even want them in them. So they went off the cliff into the water. Not even a pig wants a demon to be in them. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? And so I'm going to say this, that my Jesus, no matter what you're dealing with, the word of God, Jesus is the word made flesh. The word of God can set you free from every bondage of the evil one. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? So let me let me let me give you a, a couple keys here. Amen. That, that that will help you break free of any bondage that you that you're dealing with. Number one, take back your thought life. By, you know, we, we have to take back our thought life. We have to understand that, that, like I said before, birds can fly over your head, but you don't need to let them make a nest in your hair. In other words, the enemy works through thoughts, suggestions, and ideas. And the enemy will work on you and continue to work on you. And, and if you have a weak moment, you may fall in that area. But you're going to have to learn to guard your thought life. How do you do that? You've got to guard your associations. What do you mean by that? Well, well, you know, back in, in that day, it's, it's people that we deal with. But now we can be associated with, uh, with, with, with TV shows that we watch, movies that we watch, uh, the Internet. Whatever we're watching and whatever we put in us, we're associating with that. And we need to cut the wrong associations off and bring the right associations in. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So you're going to have to limit. Some of you might need to limit what you're looking at. Glory to God. I used to be on Facebook all the time and I'm delivered from Facebook. I used to watch the news all the time. And you know what? I can't remember the last time I watched the news. Now you say, Pastor, watching the news isn't sin. Well, yeah, but if it puts you in fear, it can be. If watching news brings you down and gets you depressed then you may not want to watch news. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You may want to limit the intake that's coming in into your eye gates and your ear gates. If watching movies that has profanity brings you, oh, well, just a little profanity, just a little nudity, well, a little bit can sink your boat. You've got to be careful about what comes into your eye gates, what comes into your ear gates, because the enemy's trying to find a way, a crack, an open door to come in and destroy our life. So we have to limit what, what we look at. In Romans 8, 5 and 6, it says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Mindsets. What's your mindset today? You could be thinking a hamburger right now, but hope not. I hope you're thinking about the Word of God. What's your mindset? And, you know, whatever you put your mindset on, 
that's what you're going to gravitate to. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So, so we live according to the flesh, we set the minds of things of flesh. But those according to the Spirit are the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Amen. And so, you know, you have to really evaluate yourself. You know, what are you thinking about? What, what are you focused on? And the enemy wants us to get us focused on fleshy things, but you need to be focused on the spirit. Listen, if you don't have any peace in your life, then you need, you need to put Christ as the center of your life. In other words, if you keep your mind on Christ, he will put you in perfect peace. But the reason why we don't have peace is because our mind is not centered on Christ. Glory to God. Amen. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable, perfect will of God. And and the New Living Translation says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Listen, let me give you a quote this morning. You will never change your life until you change your thought life. Your life will not change until you change the way you think. You know, the Bible says, you know, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Whatever we start consuming, it's going to end up consuming us. If you're consuming the word of God and you're reading the Bible and you're reading about the miracles of Jesus and you're reading about the miracles that the disciples did, you're going to start doing miracles. Thank you for those amens. You're going to be a disciple of miracles. Are you when you start meditating on that, Andrew Womack meditated on raising the dead. And he was meditating on, for some reason, he just felt led to, to, to read every scripture about Jesus raising the dead. And he would read it over and over again until he started dreaming about raising the dead. I'm trying to raise some dead this morning. Glory to God. <laughs> Do we have anybody alive in this church today? My God. Come out of that grave. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Glory to God. Trying to raise some of you like, no, pastor, it's almost over, isn't it? Glory to God. And so he started meditating. And you know what? His son, he got a call and his son was dead at the hospital. They said, your son is dead. And so he jumped in the car and the first thing he started doing was worshiping and praising God. Worshiping and praising God. He got to the hospital and he, and, and, and he was praising God. And by the time he got to that hospital, his son came out of death and woke up. Think about that. I'm telling you, and he was dreaming about raising the dead. What you consume, you will become. And if we consume the word of God... And who we are in God. And what we can do in God. I'm telling you, we'll be going someplace to happen. We will be, live, we will, we will be, make, we'll be making more of the book of Acts in our lives. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Number, number two, if we're going to come out of bondage, we must expose and identify the lie. We must bring the lie open into the into the light. And when the lie is open into the light, 
I'm telling you, the light will dispel darkness in your life. Amen. I like this quote, admit it and then quit it. Amen. Admit that you have a problem and then quit the problem. Glory to God. James 5, 16 says it this way. Confess your sins. This is New Living Translation. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Think about this. Confess your sins. I, that's a bad confession, isn't it, Pastor? Because I'm talking about so and see. No, not if you're confessing your sins to get set free from them. Amen. Sometimes you might need to confess that you did something wrong or that you, you know, you missed the mark. You may need to confess it. And then you confess it with others and you stand in agreement. And so that you may be healed. It says the earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power and produces wonderful results. Number three key in coming out of bondage. We must replace uh, the lie of God's uh, of God's. We must replace the lie with God's truth. How? By abiding in the truth. Now, listen, you're not going to come out of some of the bondages if you don't start abiding in the truth of God's word. You've got to abide. You know, the Bible says if you're going to bear fruit, you've got to abide in the vine. So this is this this is a scary thought, because if you can abide in the vine, you 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 can abide out of the vine. If you can be in God, I'm talking about abiding in him, then we can abide out of him. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? That's that's pretty powerful today because I don't want to be in a place where I'm in the flesh or in sin and I'm not in him like I need to be. Amen. I'm I, you know, you know, God will never leave us, but we can leave him. OK. We don't want to leave God out in the cold. Amen. So it says here in John 8, 31, Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word. You are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Think about that. If you, this, that's the third key this morning. If we abide in him, and he abides in us, then we can ask whatever we wish, and it will be done for us. You will never ask anything that, that opposes the will and the plan of God in your life if you're abiding in him. Amen. Because you're going to want what he wants in your life. You know, God wants you to be delivered. God wants you walking in freedom. God wants you walking in health. God wants you walking in prosperity. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? He doesn't want you trying to do it on your own. I'm strong. I can handle it myself. No, you need Jesus. You need the word of God. Sometimes you need just a preacher that has some faith to pray the prayer of agreement to break those things off you. You need a preacher that can lay hands on you and command those things. Whatever is ailing you, whatever is coming against you, whatever is you deal with it, you can't seem to overcome. I'm telling you, if two are in agreement, that makes powerful, powerful force for God to work in your lives. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? And God wants you set free this morning. How are you going to be set free? By, by operating those three keys. And the fourth key, you're going to be set free by, by speaking God's word and prayer. You know, the, 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 the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith. These, these are uh, defensive 
weapons, but offensive is the word of God. And I believe prayer is an offensive weapon as well. And when we start praying the word of God and we start speaking the word of God, I'm telling you, it's going to change the atmosphere. It's going to change our lives. We're going to see the manifestation of God's promises in our life. You believe that this morning? I'm telling you, I see victors this morning. I don't see victims. I, I see conquerors and I don't see people being conquered. You are mighty conquerors in God. Start seeing yourself that way. Don't look at yourself as you, you're, you're the problem that you got. This is me and my problem. No, you don't have any problems. You have the promises of God. And those promises are bearing fruit in each one of your lives. You believe that today? If you believe that, somebody shout glory. glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is awesome. Praise God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you today. Father, I just thank you that you are so awesome. And there's nothing too big that you can't handle. And Father, you are a mighty God that we serve. And Father God, I just thank you for the people here this morning. I thank you for those that are watching online. And perhaps you're, you're, you're here today or you're watching online and you've never, you're, you're, you're struggling. Maybe you never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe that's the problem. And Jesus is not on the throne room of your heart, on the throne of your heart. So this is what I want you to do today. If you're ready to move forward in God, maybe you're been doing some things and you know you need to get right, then you need to pray this prayer too. Just say this after me and mean your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I'm turning away from sin and I'm turning fully to you. And I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Heavenly Father, Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.